to you live from Studio 401. It's the Go Talk Podcast. <laughs> This thing on? Is this thing on? Y'all can hear me? Hey, hey, we live? We are live. I see we are all in the green. I, I want to thank y'all and welcome back to the GOAT Talk Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. This I am your host, Chico the GOAT. Um, currently, it is January 2nd, 2023. We in the new year. We finally made it. And it's a Monday. And, well, a lot of people are at work. Uh, so... Why am I here recording an episode? Well, you'll find out later because, yeah, you'll just find out later. But, um, <clears throat> like I said, I want to thank y'all for tuning in. I haven't been recording nearly as much, um, ever since, ever since, um, Malik, my, one of my other co-hosts, um, so ever since he freaking, um, went out to basic training and stuff, I really just, like, been slacking and dropping the ball on on dropping content so i apologize for that except for like i've been doing like you've really been talking about just sports exclusively and just doing episodes with my bro tim so now i was just like man now i was like i gotta get back to how um how I, how i started how i first wanted this podcast and stuff to go but um pretty much today's episode is really just gonna be about life and just like adulting and like work life and not long, no, no longer being a college kid and like being a part of um the workforce and things I've learned and noticed and yeah so <laughs> yeah because like I don't know about y'all but like life be life be life and and I'll try to look at everything like it's a lesson some something you can learn from Shit like that, but sometimes life just be, life just be life. And all right, so before I get into anything, ooh, before I get into that, um, if y'all haven't heard, if y'all not, um, hip in the hip hop community, I found out yesterday that Gangsta Boo, she was a part of Three Six Mafia, one of the first female MCs, laid the groundwork to a lot of, um, from what I've read and seen, laid the groundwork to a lot of. Laid um laid the foundation to a lot of MCs we have now. So me personally, I'm not gonna flex like I knew a lot of her music or a lot of Three Six Mafia. I know a few three a little Three Six Mafia, but I'm not too keen to her body of work. But um, it's always especially at a young age at 43 passing away. It's always sad to see. So um, sending my thoughts and condolences to her family. And hopefully they can push you through this difficult time. And it's in the holiday season, so yes, it's even make just makes it even more sad. But um, anyway, moving forward, like I was saying before, I distracted myself. Um, yeah, cause it was like, let, let me give you a timeline because, like, as y'all do, as y'all know, I got back, I got back, back to the states around sometime Mayish, yeah, a little bit after May. So when I got back. Uh, when I got back from my diploma, I had a little bit of um, a little bit of money saved up and all that. So I was like, when I get back, I'm gonna just try to um, kick back a little bit, enjoy some off time. That when then while I while I'm enjoying my off days, try to look for a job to get some um, because I was just coasting off the money I'd saved up pretty much, and 
had savings and all that, but yeah. And I was uh, I was trying to find decent jobs and like I was I was applying on Indeed, just pretty much trying to find become a business marketing major, anything entry level marketing type jobs. I was trying to find a little rock, and really like I interviewed and I got like I applied for some jobs on Indeed, like something called Nexus and a few other jobs. Uh, I got an interview. I was like, okay, cool. It's not gonna be that hard as I thought. Got applied for a job. Got interviewed the next like a few days later. Got to the interview. I realized. <coughs> Got to the interview, realized like, what kind of job is this? I was just too excited to get an interview. And I didn't really do much attention, and I was pretty much like, it's gonna be doing some like fundraising type shit, pretty much. And you had to, it was just pretty much like felt like a sales type job, and that's a lot of the jobs I was getting, which would be like, and I would be like, it, and that wasn't the only jobs. Um, I ended up I pretty much throughout the summer, I was just having diff various different type jobs, trying to find. Uh, careers, a job that I can see myself doing for a while, and I, and I, at the time I had still haven't been able to find it. Um, and so I was like, uh, cause I was like, cause me being from Houston, I was like, ah, uh, dang, I'm stuttering a lot. But me being from Houston, I try to like, even though I am from Houston, I could always people like, why ain't you ain't going back home? I'm just like, I just wanted to like branch out. I knew, uh, me personally, I know I can always go back home, but I was just trying to see what I can do, um, living in Arkansas, see if I can start a good career out here, possibly, and, um, and yeah, but that had, hasn't worked out, and also, I was just, like, moving from Arkan from Houston to Arkansas, then moving all my stuff back to Houston, it was a lot of work, so I was like, hmm, this seems like a good short-term type solution, try to see what I can do in, um, Arkansas, with Little Rock, to be more precise, and like because before I deployed I was working at Amazon and I wasn't trying to go back to Amazon or delivering packages in general because being out and being out and out right outside in like the country parts of Arkansas it's, after all it's, it's not that it wasn't type of that wasn't it for me I would not have liked that I didn't want to I didn't want no type of sales job I ended up getting a, a job at Kohler which I was working for a minute, I was working at Kohler for a minute, uh, it was an easy manufacturing job, literally just putting shower parts and sink parts together, um, so that was a pretty good paying job, but I, I didn't really like that either, I was like, man, I'm getting tired of these manual labor jobs, I want some, I want a cushy office job, and a cushy office job with like someone you can work in AC, and pretty much also, like before, okay, so I was working at Kohler because I was, I like, I hired through it, applied through a temp agency to get some quick work. I started working at Kohler, get paid weekly. And then I applied for, like, a, I was always looking for something better on Indeed, like every day checking my emails for something better. And one day I got um working on this newspaper. A newspaper job, pretty much just be selling um subscriptions to become, selling newspaper subscriptions and pretty much. Sell newspaper subscriptions. You, if you any subscription you sell, they was making everything electronic. You get a free iPad, and it was pretty much a nice little job setup. But I went to interview. I could have passed it and everything, but it was just like the hours are terrible. That was like they really wanted you to work like seven days a week, pretty much, and you would have and it would make a requirement if you didn't like sell a certain amount of subscriptions or something. You would have to work that extra Saturday that you were supposed to be off. 
So it's like I noticed a lot, like a lot of the jobs, I guess, were in my field, they are really shitty. I was like, bro, ain't no way you can honestly expect someone to work like these type of hours on a daily basis. Because I pretty much had that job secured. I had a few jobs secured. One was in sales and stuff. And I was like, I can do sales. And then it was like a whole lot of door to door. And this was in the middle of the summer. I was like, I had to think about it. I'm not trying to be in the summer, in the sun, going door to door, trying to sell. One of them was before the, um, another one of those jobs I was going to be selling internet for Xfinity or whatever, something like that. And one, one, another one of those sales jobs where you get commission after you get a certain number of sales. So I was going to do something that, then I was just like, bro, no, this shit is dookie. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the jobs I'd have interviews for, there was group interviews. So I was like, oh yeah, bro. Yeah. If you don't know, if you're in an interview and you click a Zoom link, especially because a lot of stuff was Zoom because COVID and everything still the after effects of that. So you get in a Zoom interview and it's like 60 other people and all. I'm just like, yeah, bro, that's a big, that's a big red flag because it's just like, <laughs> nah, bro, interviews are one on one. So I was just like, yeah, this is, this is time to keep on searching. If I was on and off working at Kohler, it's a pretty nice setup because since I'm a temp, I don't know. I was like, I can choose which days I want to go. I don't have to like, I could miss days of work and like not get in trouble. I was just telling them I had something else to do. Just pre pretty much be communicating. So it was good for a minute. Then I got a chance to um work at a car dealership. I got a um oh work at a car dealership, at a Ford dealership. I was like, okay, cool. I'll take this opportunity because two jobs for one. A few reasons because one, I just needed a. Another job I didn't want to go back to color, so I was like, I really got tired of it. The boss at manager color, he they be on. He really didn't probably didn't like me because I was always like slacking off. Not even really slacking off. I would do my job, but I was just like, it was an overnight type job in a warehouse, like a manufacturing. So I was just like, we had to try to make it fun, try to make work fun. You can still you can you can have a fun work life and still get the work done, but. Boss, um, boss man, manager, he wasn't, he wasn't going for none of that. And he always, uh, he ain't really like me much, pretty much. So I just keep it blunt. But, um, yeah, so after that, I started working on this car dealership. And before I started working on this car dealership, they make us take, um, some like class to learn to sell cars, all that, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I do that. I wait and I'm just like, I, it took me a minute to actually start working there because they had to do some background check and drug tests and all that good stuff so they had to wait for all those drugs to come back which i was cool with because it was like you would guarantee i would not because i know with like a lot of car salesmen dealerships a lot of them is just straight commission on there is no base pay and i wasn't comfortable taking a job without just straight commission i was like ain't no guarantee so i was like shit little mom uh, pretty much a uh, you cap out get 40 hours get a certain amount of month a week get paid weekly but the real money comes when you start to sell multiple cars and I figured that would be the case. And um, so, yeah, I was all, I was, I really never thought I'd be working at a car dealership. Like when people, some of my friends first found out, I was like, you ain't, I was like, I'm just as surprised as you, man. I'm just trying to find a job to get some stable income going. And so, uh, eventually when I finally did start out there, it was like, uh, man, Crane Ford of Jacksonville. That was, it was, cause in, like with the car, especially because of COVID and like the high demand, like I have a lot of things I learned while being in the car business. It's like 
there's a, a high demand for used cars because they're not in production. A lot of them and a lot of the new cars that are being made, it's a um, it's such a high demand because everybody wants the newest of the new. But like the parts to make these cars, especially like Ford and all these other brands, big major brands, it's like you can it's hard to get them pretty much. And if you can get a vehicle, it's the same type yeah, pretty much. It's boring car talk. But anyways, anyway, what was I going with that? But yeah, um, pretty much it was. I was working on a car dealership, which was very terrible, you know, from what I've heard. It was, like, going through a whole lot of new management. It was a whole lot of new hires. They went through, like, and like well, another thing I learned in the car dealership, bro, it's, like, it's um, it's, it's a lot of turnover. Yeah, that's a good word. Turn, that's the word I'm looking for, turnover, and a lot of managers. So, when I first started there, I had some cool managers, but um, they weren't really, like, equipped to run a, a whole car dealership from... Cause like we had some pretty bad managers, but they tried with they with what they had. But they were more they were like salesmen that were put in charge. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Where am I going with this? Um, so I'm at this car dealership for a few months. It's going good. I sell a few cars. It took me a minute to sell my first car, and then I finally started getting the sales. I was like, okay, okay. Uh, I sold like three, four cars in a month. I was expecting, okay, I'm gonna get a pretty nice size. Um stipend or whatever but that never happened i was like and i started so it's like you it was a whole lot of bullshit pretty much and that's the reason why i'm not at work right now because i was it was first it was like i said we've gone through a whole lot of management but a whole lot of different managers but like toward the end of the year is when we started okay that's when they got some really good managers from a different store the um crane ford that was in little rock and so I'm like, okay, so it's a little bit good direction. We had some good managers who was pretty good managers. I thought it was no longer there. They got trained. They, they always get changed or transferred pretty much. And so uh, the last manager we got, it was like, got we did whole like the manager before they like let go was um, Terrell. He was a pretty good manager. I always try to make get deals to so we get sales because how it gets how it works out is no matter who sells the cars, the managers of the dealerships. They make money regardless. So, I was—I mean, I, I sold a few cars and never really made enough to make like a uh, get like a huge commission check. But I was living surrounded, so I was just like, "Fuck it, I ain't finding nothing else." So I pretty much stand here. It's like one day when we get a whole lot of inventory, we'll be selling a whole lot of cars because it was like everybody wanted specific type of vehicles, but we couldn't have it because it was hard to get. But anyway, so after a while, the last like the new manager who's there now, I resume. His, his, this guy, he brings his own, he brings his own guy in, was, uh, he, he hired someone else, pretty much, and, like, with all the, like I said, all they trying to make this a whole better new dealership, so he hires his own, someone he's new, he knew for a while, pretty much going up, like, they're buddies and everything, so I was like, he's a pretty good guy, he's, like, very, very high beat, very energetic, very upbeat, a good car salesman, pretty much good quality for a car salesman, and, before I can, I'm like, in no way, player head. I was just like, I'll, when he first got hired, I was like, because it took me a, not to say, at first, like, when I started, when I first started selling cars, I was terrible. But after all, it's like, you just got to get comfortable with talking to people. And me, being me, I don't like really talking to people. But it took me a while, but it's just like, I'm, I got in the car. So like, I got into selling cars once, because I needed a job. But I was also like, I don't want to be those car salesmen that's just like, in it to just get a sell. I want to actually try to help these people. And like, stuff like, so I would just, Stuff like that, cause I wouldn't really 
want to make a sale. And I know someone can't afford that car, and they just get approved in for it anyway, no matter how outrageous the payments and terms was. But anyway, so I was out there for a while. I was been like, I was there from like late summer to pretty much to, to pretty much to Christmas, a little bit before Christmas. So December, yeah, like I said, yeah, the new guy gets hired, and he gets um. I think it's like towards the end of his first week, he gets like a few car sales, and um, I was I was really I was in no means in my player hating, in no means because I was like bro it's because I was like with the in terms of the new people that got hired when I got hired there I was the last one to sell a car but doesn't matter it took me a minute so it was, so I was like okay he he got a good um pretty much I was like oh no player hating but it was like like I said I remember mind you I say new manager new hire. And, and again, with managers, how it goes in the car business, how it goes in the car business, no matter who's the salesman, if if you're the general manager of that dealership, no matter how many you making, you're making something off the car that was sold, and how it is with in the game today, like pre-owns get more because you add more warranties and stuff, like all the add-ons and stuff to a car. That's like the more the add-ons and protections and stuff they get, the more money the dealership makes, and the more money the car salesman makes. Especially after you sell a certain meet a quota for the month, so yeah, it goes on. It's all good. like first week. His first, he didn't get a sale to like it was like his first week, but it was like that Saturday, which is like the last day of the work week, because we're off that Sunday. <coughs> so he got a few sales. I was like, okay, okay. And then I just started to like, then like the I think it was that very next week or, like pretty much he was just like in again in no player hating way, but like I said manager somebody known all his life and this was and so pretty much he's just getting like all the sales all the sales and, I, and again no planning because i'm having some deals where i'm putting sending them up i'm like trying to get some deals go through myself so it's like i'm just it's not like i'm just sitting there not doing my job or anything yeah we we have it's any we had it's about five of us but it seemed like it seemed like and i was i thought i was i thought i was tripping at first but it just seemed like, cause it would be like, it was that Saturday and then it came to work that Monday. Then he had like a few deals that he got pushed through. Then it was a day I was off. Cause I was off like on December, I was off on Tuesdays. So I was like, I'm going to enjoy my off day, blah, blah, blah. He didn't take off that. I don't think that week. Cause he was just new guy, new hire pretty much. Yeah. Anyway. And so I came back, he sold some more cars. So I was like, Hmm, funny, but not funny. Ha ha. Funny, weird. And then at, around, around that time is when I started noticing, like, subtle, subtle gestures, subtle fuck you gestures. Like, the manager would, um, he would be, because it's like group chat, you know, car sales, you got to hit the phones, call people to tell them to get them appointments, because that's, that's one of the best things they tell you. Get a point, book appointments for people to come to the dealership, and if you get a customer to the dealership, you get a higher chance of selling a car, pretty much. That's how it was taught. So I was like, cool. Hit, reached out to people I knew, people who I, the constant customers I'll try to help out, blah, blah, blah. And I would know, I saw, like, I would notice, but because it's like when you have a customer and you, um, who's possibly who's looking at a Pacific car or whatever, you, um, you work some, you like, they tell you a little bit of information, how much they're looking to spend, down payment, the car they're trading in, if their car trading has, if they're upside down on it, if they're paying more than what it's worth. Or if they are, if they own it outright, pretty much blah blah blah. Y'all know how it goes. And like the people I was bringing, 
people I was bringing, it was they because like when you bring when you bring some numbers to your manager to sell, that's when they're like any kind of customer you get, they're just gonna try to work them into trying to find a way to make a deal. And I noticed, I noticed that the people I would bring to them to try to sell a car for, so they can make them some more money, they would. There was a certain amount of type of energy that I wasn't getting because you know, man, like I said, managers they gonna come over to speak to you, say, let you know their name, tell you how we gonna try to do for you, get a deal done on both sides for everybody, so everybody wins. So I I just slowly peeped and noticed. Um, and again, like I said, I thought I was tripping, but after a while, it was some of the art, some of the other people I got, some other coworkers who was my, the other coworker who, who wasn't in one of the new hires, he had been there for a while. So he was a, one of the best car salesmen. I know he was always getting deals pushed through. So it was like, I was noticing it. Then he started noticing it. And so in my mind, when I was like, when he started noticing, I was like, oh yeah, they on fuck fuck time. So I was like, oh, okay. Because at that point, because let me to put in some perspective, in the few months I was working there, like the best month I had was selling like, I think like three, three and a half or four, some split deals. I had some other sales, which is pretty much like you just go, and me and another salesman work a customer and we find a way pretty much. And um, so when he was, to, when he noticed it, and we was just outside chilling with like kicking it in or whatever, whatever. When he started noticing it, I was just like, it just clicked. So I was like, yeah, they really on that, they really on that most corporate America, most, man, it was really on some fuck you, really. They said, they really pretty much how I took it as they were saying fuck you, pretty much without saying fuck you. It was like fuck you with a smile. And that shit like that, that really makes me mad. Because I'm like, bro, I'm busting my ass trying to sell a car. And the people I'm bring a deal to try to get a number so it can work through. You don't want to try to get a deal done, but when the new guy brings some people, it's all, they all going over there. As soon as, as soon as they come sit down, before they even fill out any information, I, I'm just peeping it because we all work on the same side of the dealership. So like his desk wasn't that far from mine. And so after a while, I was just like, damn, this is crazy. This is crazy. But after, but, um, one thing about me is, uh, you 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 think if you think you finna, I don't know. If people think that I'm I'm not gonna notice or like just gonna take that shit. But I'm like, nah. If you gonna spit in my face and smile with, at at the same time, I'll be on the same type of time. So after, like from that point on, you'd be like, yeah, because like I was saying. So like remember how I said the most month I sold like four and I barely paid a commission. I think it's like you sell like seven cars in a month. Pretty much, you get like uh, I think from what I heard, you get like a seven thousand commission because thinks that's the um, minimum quota or whatever. Because I didn't really know this. I was like, pretty how I first started was you just any amount of cars you sell, you get that commission. But I guess I don't know how it goes exactly. But I guess since I was getting guaranteed weekly pay, the weekly pay um, was coming from that. Like whatever car you sold, I guess pretty much. So you pretty much have, that's how you make the real money. And dude who hasn't been working there, and again, no, no player hating shit at all, no player hating shit at all. But I just find it crazy. And again, I wasn't the best car salesman when I first started, but I got better, better at speaking to customers, better trying to like close the deals to get deals done. And so, within like he had sold 
more cards in in a two week less than about two week span than I did in like three some months. And and you know why? Because the gentlemen, like I said, they've been they're real cool. So he's how car sales I'll um how leads work with car sales, like someone in the area looking for a certain type of car, whatever, it matches up on our criteria. They pay for those internet leads because a lot of stuff is on the internet now. Like if they see it online, they're going to want it, fill out a little information. One of our cars, the, the dealership pays for those leads to come to us car salesmen so we can reach out to them and try to get them to the dealership to make an appointment to sell them a car. So he was getting the best, the best type leads. And at the same time, while he, I was getting like nobody to call. Like you get like, at first when I started, I was getting like, on a daily, at least like 25, 30 people to call because that was so many old leads and just new leads coming in. And I just noticed it just slowly started to change. But at the same time, the new manager, Zach Walker, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put an ad to that shit because man, fuck that guy, Zach Walker from Craneford to Jacksonville. He wanted, to, yes, because we had a few different managers. One was a sales manager, one was a regular general manager of the store, and one is a other time we had a few different managers. But he was—he wasn't even actually the real. He was the, I guess, assistant to the general manager, who was the general manager for the Crane Ford in Little Rock. I guess he just passed it over to the Crane Ford in Jacksonville for him to do, so he wouldn't have to do from Little Rock. Wouldn't have to come to Jacksonville every day. Anyway, like I said, um, I just—it was just very much, and like the the thing that like the tipping, like the thing that set me off the most was like one time I I kid you not. One time I was trying to go work a deal for him, submit a deal to him, and he pretty much they didn't. He barely tried. He didn't try at all. He barely even looked at the. He barely even looked at the person I brought up to him. And I kid you not when I say, bro, he was just like, nah, and just like he said that shit with like a, with one of the biggest smirks, bro. All right, oh, man, it's a, it was a whole lot of bro subtle microaggressions, bro. And I'm not I. Hmm. I kid you not, bro. This man, short little, short little white guy with glasses, haircut like he go gets haircuts at great clips or sport clips or whatever the fuck it was, bro. But yeah, after that, after a certain point, I was just like, oh, you wanna you wanna say fuck you? Then it's fuck you right back at you because I was just like, I don't give a fuck about this job no more. I started smoking at the job, bro, like cause I was like, you don't wanna you don't wanna give us give me no leads to try to reach out to customers. I'm like. So I'm a, if you want to bullshit on my time, I'm a bullshit on your time, bro. I started smoking at work. I don't give a fuck. But I would go to work. It would be slow as hell. And me and my bro, we like yeah, we we really started to peep game, and we would just be like, man, fuck this shit. We would go to play because he was from the area, so we we would go to people places, smoking our lunch break, take our sweet ass time, and I didn't even give a fuck. At times, after a while, I was like, y'all want to be on this type of time? I'm like, I will, I will show you. I will show you a, a terrible employee if that's what you're trying to do. So I would I would leave like two, three hours early and not tell nobody. I didn't give a damn. I made up excuses, fake being sick. I went home when I was supposed to go. Bro, I don't give a f bro, it was really like fuck crane for the Jacksonville. If you ever in the car market, if you're in the Arkansas area and if you trying to look for a car, I highly do not recommend going to Crane for the Jacksonville. Because it's a whole lot of bro, a whole lot of messed up shit. And this shit really, really pissed me off. And it was just like, I was just like, bro, it's, I was like, man. Because at first I was like, bro, I wouldn't mind. I was like trying to find a nice little career in Arkansas. And I was just like, fuck Arkansas, bro. I'm, 
I'm so excited to like be moving back home to Houston because I knew eventually I was I knew I was gonna be I would move back to Houston eventually, but I didn't know when, and like I don't know I don't know what made me I guess just me being skeptical thought I could from somehow find um find like find some type at least a decent type job decent pay within um Little Rock but hey I guess that's crazy but anyway yeah. Crane Fort of Jacksonville. If you in the Arkansas area, Arkansas, North Little Rock, Maumel, Jacksonville, Sherwood, if you are looking for a car, I highly do not recommend going to Crane Fort of Jacksonville or Crane Fort. Man, any fucking cranes. No, nah, I ain't gonna say any of them because there's some good people at them. But yeah, Crane Fort of Jacksonville. And if you ever, if you, if you just want to see who he looks like, but I, I don't give a, I honestly don't give a fuck. I don't care. His name is Zach Walker. He a short little white dude, and he got glasses. So if you look, if you're in the Arkansas area and you ever see or want to know who this looks like, I guarantee you gonna you see him. You be like, if he's still there, I'm pretty sure he is. But yeah, it's a whole lot of bullshit. So after a while, like, remember, my I was like, um, okay, it was like one week because it was yeah that Saturday. It was like the um I think it was the Saturday before Christmas. Yeah, and um. Uh, I was I had a customer I was doing like a, um a split deal with the the uh, my bro his name is Jaron he was who was um who was a customer he had worked up before but he was busy with a customer right now so I was like okay we do a little split deal we worked worked up um deal they had to go back I had to go back and forth with my manager a few times to see if we get like some terms better terms for them because he was pretty much just trying to just sell out our all our um inventory so we can get a whole lot of new inventory better inventory so it was like yeah we try to. Same, pretty much just trading for the exact same car, just a different color. She was just doing it because he uh, was a customer. He had worked, had a good relationship with her. And so they try, I'll, um, we tried to make a deal. He was helping one customer. I was going to help. We brought up some deals to them. And at first, they said it was okay. They had to change some terms, whatever, payments, et cetera, et cetera. Give them a little more value for the car that they were trading in. And at first, um, at first, um, it was a deal, like it was a done deal. I had took the car to detailing, which is like you don't take a a car someone's looking at to detail unless like everybody, someone signs on that line, pretty much saying that we're gonna get a deal done today, some way somehow. And so we th we thought a deal was done. I was like, okay, you finally get a deal done. Then I don't know exactly all the terms or whatever. But they were just like after a minute, they was just like, no, nah, we're not gonna be able to get a deal done, and. And they didn't even want to tell themselves. A lot of times when this manager say we can't get a deal done after they introduced you to the potential customer you have for selling a car, they will come and say, I'm sorry, we couldn't get a deal done. But they wouldn't say, not a single one of the managers, not one of the three managers we had, not one of them. And she was an elderly, she was an elderly lady, an elderly black lady. I ain't, It don't even matter what her race was. She was an elderly lady and her husband. They were trying to pretty much, they, they didn't even, they wasn't even looking to sell a car, to even get a car, they came to that dealership because he reached out and they was like, we wanted to help us out, make some business with them. And I was just like, but that's that's so fucked up. But if it's for the new people he hires, the new guy he hires, Slade, he's, they, they're all quick to come be buddy-buddy with the customers. And so, like, when that happened, I was just like, um, I told um, because me and, me and, me and Jaren Pete that shit, we was like, yeah, bro. That's some real bullshit they pulled. So I was like, yeah, fuck this job. I'm go I'm done for the day. And this was this is a Saturday. And Saturday's the best day for car salesmen. Like, so early afternoon that Saturday, I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I'm out. I went home. They asked me where I was at. I was like, uh, I had 
pretty much just made up another fake bullshit emergency saying has something to do. I don't care. I hope they hear this shit. Hope they know. Man, fuck you. Fuck man, fuck you, Zach Walk. That's a mm, big old fuck that fuck that dude, man. Straight up bullshit. <laughs> but it's funny. Fun it's it's funny because the second half of the show is like uh, sh shout out to the big man upstairs for always because even in the in, it's always a lesson in everything that's what I've learned it's always a lesson and um it's always a lesson always fucking forward so um pretty much where where's I going is it yeah so main experience I got from working there is like man work life bro they going boy they some mm, some bullshit a whole lot boy a whole lot of bullshit and they think I'm fin they really think folks are going to tolerate that, which is crazy to me. Because I'm like, bro, you show me who you is, I'm going to show you who I am. But I, I'm not going for none of that. Hmm, no. No, <laughs> no, sir. And it, it really just baffled me. Like, they really thought I was going to stick around? Because, like I said, like that Saturday, I punched in early. Made a few cents. I had to go so handle some emergency. But I was back at the crib smoking weed. I was like, man, I ain't answering none of them calls. It was like where I'm at. I didn't answer it. Then a dude hit me up, and I told, I told him I had some, we made up some like yeah, some family emergency. I had to step away. And then that Monday, I was like, I'm sick, pretty much. I made up being sick. I was like, I'm a, uh, I got the flu or whatever, blah blah blah. And this was like the week before Christmas. So I was like, I was chilling. And before I went home and he back to Houston, I was just like chilling. I was just like, yeah, I'm sick. And it was like I had to get a doctor's note. So I was like, bet. So I had to go home, say for insurance to get the doctor's note. I wasn't going to get a doctor's note. I wasn't going to fucking return. I knew I wasn't going to return, but I just didn't know when I was going. At first, I was like, maybe I should just try to. Then I was like, nah. I had to think about it. Nah, fuck them. Fuck all of them. Not not fuck all of them. Fuck, fuck, fuck Zach Walker, really. Because, man. <laughs> yeah, man. That shit a whole lot of bullshit. It's really the best way to say it. Just a whole lot of bullshit, but hey. Live and learn. Oh, next page forward. This is 2023. I got a, which brings me, it's so interesting because it brings me to the next part of the show is for what what's next, which is crazy because I, um, like after, um, like after I got back from my first deployment, I was just like, yeah, I'm done with the army, blah, blah, blah. I'm not, then um crazy thing is a few months after we got back, there was like, there's a chance for another rotation to go back out to Europe. And at first, I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, I'm good on that. Because um, the first deployment really took a lot out of me. It was just, even it wasn't even a hard-ass deployment. It was just like, the the I just wanted free of the Army and, like, my own time and my own space and not living in a fucking terrible tent. So I was like, nah, I'm good. But then it's just like how life is. Like, the curve, like, life in and adults in. And it's just like, man, I'll be a fool to not take this opportunity. Like, man, re-up on fuck, really, really chance to run up, like, make some more money again, make some pretty good money and traveling the world for free. So I was like, after a while, and I was like, I'm not finding not another, I couldn't find, I was at that dealership. Every day I'll be at that dealership looking on Indeed and trying to find another job. So I wasn't just, you, I wasn't just there. I was actively looking for anything and I never found anything I liked and shit. So now it's just like, boom. There's this golden opportunity for me to like really. I looked at this the next pretty much because I'm taking another deployment. I'll be leaving sometime in March. I was like, this is really just another blessing in disguise. But I'm like, does he really get a chance? Because it's coming at the perfect time. My lease is um, my lease is my lease is ending. 
So I'm definitely getting the fuck out of Arkansas. Um, getting the fuck out. I'm not, not looking back because like really work, bro. It really like opened my eyes to like the workforce. I'm just like, bro, I would be damned if I just try to keep trying to find some. T- yeah, I was like, nah, bro. I'm nah, bro. I know I'm better than this. I know I'm more than this. So pretty much like, pretty much like, hey, uh, I got, bro. I'm always survive until it's time to make it to, till March. I'm gonna survive for sure. But I was like, yeah, it's, it's. I just looked at this as a chance for a hard reset. I get to go back to, I think we're going somewhere near Romania. I'm not sure exactly where, but I'm finna get this on um, military money because, hey, it's a chance. Hey, I ain't gonna lie, them, them deployment, them deployment checks was hitting, getting paid two thousand every two weeks. That was pretty, pretty good money. So, and then now, now that um, I'll be doing this again, I'll, and it'll be like with less bills I have to pay because I my I won't be paying for an apartment. All I would pretty much my um, I'll just be paying a car note pretty much, and like just my regular bills, phone bill and cable bill. But like, yeah. So now I'm really, really finna run up a bag, and then I, I'm like, I'll just look at it. it's like a blessing because this is giving me a chance to accomplish some of the other things I want to do, and I won't be able to do it while I'm overseas because I won't be in the States to like physically be there, but I'll be able, I'll, this allows me to like put everything together, everything. So I can like, as soon as I get back from this next deployment, it'll just hit the ground running on what I'm trying to do. And I'll have a nice security blanket and everything and all that. Because like, I was just me. Like I be saying, I be saying, cause um, really just trying to, cause I I I do a good job of managing my money. I think I have money set aside for my like retirement, so I'm I'm good. Like come retirement, I'm a, I'm a, I already have a couple million, a multiple million, because I've just just set aside from like Acorn and thankfully before uh, another a few type of different investment accounts that I have. Thankfully before um I. Um, uh, my mom set up an account for me, something like that. That just one of those money market, whatever that just makes money over time. You just let it sit there, and they invest it in other high risk, you know, Wall Street shit. So, me, I'm set. But I'm just like, bro, I, the lifestyle I want, how I, how I, how I picture in my head. I'm just like, yeah, bro. I'm so this is. I just think it as a great opportunity to, to just really set myself up for, a, just a better life. So like, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, fucking dog being in the army a lot, but um, hey man, <laughs> as much shit as I give the army, they always when it's time to get some get some good bread, hey the army gonna be right there. They gonna they gonna want you for some and 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 in return they gonna pay you pretty pretty damn good, man. Again, so it's this I just looked at it as opportunity to pretty much stick it to the stick it to my old boss like hold hold up pretty much I was just like. I quit. I was sitting in um in our group chat and I was just like, and I hit him with the peace sign and the Christmas because it was the holidays and I left that. She didn't even get a chance for them to reply and I'm pretty sure they got the message because they ain't trying to call me or hit me back on some reach out type shit. Why did you leave? Yeah, they did. Yeah. It was a pretty much a fuck you, honestly. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. But so yeah, like I said, um. Uh, but this diploma is a hard reset. And um, speaking of, like, well, before I get into the next segment of the show, it's um another segment I will not bring back another segment, but it's a segment I'm bringing back because um, I haven't did it in a while. Song of the day, which is one of the 
key things I wanted to do because I always wanted to incorporate music in any kind of way. And with the previous sports episodes, I wasn't really doing that. So song of the day, pretty much random song on my phone. If you if you're new to the if you're new to the show, but yeah. So this this song right here is "Peace of My Love" by God. It's a little throwback to the old school R&B for those who are not hip to that. So check it out. I hope they can hear this. We gonna see when I'm editing it. I I fast forward through a little bit. play too much of it but yeah that's throwback to that old school r&b it's like that i don't know when it was made but yeah this is they don't make r&b like this anymore i like the current state of r&b both both male and female but i mean i think it was a crack in the 80s that cocaine that's that pure stuff but <laughs> no it was just some some great music so if you have again the song is peace of my love by guy and um um, so I hope y'all check that out if you haven't heard it. Enjoy the song. Yeah. Um. What, oh, dang. Can't even speak now. Again. Uh, I got to be more consistent when it comes to podcasts. It's just, I just be so lazy. And it's so... Well, not even really lazy. I just be like, I'll just do it. To, yeah, so lazy. Do it tomorrow. Keep putting it off. And now it's just like... And also another good thing about just like pretty much quitting... With like the time I did, it just gives me it just gives me time and a little bit more free time to podcast and just talk um address some of the, make episodes of some of the issues I've been trying to do and just be more consistent and get more comfortable behind the mic. Cause sometimes I'll be like, bro, how are you still choking up on words? And sometimes it'd be like, I just be talking too fast. I just gotta slow down. And a lot of times I um I just like freehand. I I would like write what I want to talk about. And like after I write, I would like not even pay attention to it. And then after I'm after the episodes, I'm like, damn, I wish I wanted to say this, add this. And again, with editing and stuff, I'm not still still be bullshitting on editing. And um, <laughs> I just I just I'm just a master bullshitter. That's that's my New Year's resolution. Uh, and stop being, hey man, it's it's a chance to like a a hard reset. Like it's that's time to stop bullshitting for real. <laughs> And then I'm gonna use this upcoming free time to just just be better myself, and cause the um, I suffer. I feel like the, um, doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity, and I've been I've I'm guilty of that um, a lot of the times. Like I I pretty much got to be there. I gotta if I, the life I want to live, I just pretty much I gotta put it in my hands. It's like. I, it's not. It's looking like I'm not gonna find a job. So it's like I'm a, pretty much the type. I'm a, I'm gonna make it happen. That's what you know, I'm trying to say. And I'm gonna make it happen. And I ain't got no other choice because yeah, cause fuck, cause fuck it, we ball. Like I'm, hmm, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. 2022 taught me a lot of lessons, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I need it. I need. Sometimes you need these reality checks, these slaps to the face. So, like I say, man, always forward. Every, look at everything as a. Uh, I look at everything as a lesson. Um, so yeah, now I'm, when I try to get it, hopefully when I get another type, if I do get another type of 
cushy office job. Like, no kind of expect more and shit. And then again, I'm moving back to Houston. Like, bro, we just, Houston is so much more shit. Houston shitting on everybody, really. Not just Arkansas, not just Little Rock. Houston versus everybody. Fuck you mean. So, I'll be good when I get home. When I move back home after this point, I'll be good. I know that. So, it's just a chance to, man, there's a chance to reset, like I said. All right. So, for the next part of the show, um, shout out to my guy, Jacoby. He was a um, huge influence to this episode. Uh, well, this part of the episode. And um, first part of the episode, was like, I just had like just life, like I said earlier. But with this part of the episode, um, cause um, it goes back to like we was in one of the group chats I'm in. It was like um, it was like during the World Cup, and uh, and I was just I don't I don't really care about soccer. I play a video game soccer, but World Cup I'm not watching that shit. The sports I keep up with: football, basketball, baseball, World Series. Keep up with a little um swimming, um and the um, Olympics type stuff because I I used to swim. Um, but that's really it. And tennis, I pay attention to tennis because I used to play tennis too. A very real rounded, real well rounded athlete, if I must say myself. If I must toot my own horn, a toot toot. <laughs> but, but yeah, but um, soccer, I really just like. Um, I really never. I'll play the game, but like watching the game, it's very different between watching the soccer game, a football game on TV. I, I apologize for disrespecting the sport because they call it football. We just call it soccer in America. It's very different because I've been to a few football matches. Um, it was just the Houston. Oh yeah, uh, when one time, not just with the Houston Dynamo game I went to, but also like um, just uh, I think it was when I went to Spain for high school. It was like some type of some type of a league type game. I don't think it was like professional, but it was maybe a few. But anyway, I've been to a few different football and going to a football game live is way better than watching it on TV. But so that's really the main reason, and I don't really. Besides a few different a few different football players, I don't really keep up with soccer like that, really. So I didn't really, I didn't really have no interest interest in watching it. But pretty much it goes. Um, he was just like because America was playing, and I guess they was losing to somebody Brazil or somebody. And I was just pretty much like laughing at it, like y'all thought America really was gonna win, like bro, America doesn't take football like soccer football is not as I'm not gonna say it's not as serious, but there is they're nowhere near as good as people and like from South America or, like, Africa. Like, they're nowhere near as good. And so I am I was just, like, TNC USA not do too good. It was just, like, I was, like, not surprised because, yeah, they're going against the people who take that. Sh that shit is religious. Like, in America, football is king. Overseas, everywhere else, football, soccer is king. Ooh, it's storming. Yeah. Y'all hear that storm? God damn. It's storming good as fuck. Is he even picking it up on a mic? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So um, what am I? Yeah. So they pretty much after all, I was just bad. I guess he got tired of because there's a one of them. He was just like USA, USA, everything. He was just like um, cause well, uh, little because this my, this friend, shout out Jacoby. Um, he he like me. He was in the um, armed forces, but uh, he was in the mar Marines. He was in something I don't know exactly, uh, but I'm Army Reserve, so he he knows we both serve. Blah blah blah, and he was just like, um, "Chico, you know the Patriot or Patriot?" I was like, um, "I thought it was like it was like a joke," but I was like, "I could get on." I was then I was before I replied, I was like, "I can really say I can get a, I can start preaching and 
get on my soapbox and say why um, I'm not a patriot in any kind of way. And um, but I was like, no, I was just like, I was just like pretty much just like trying to play it off and be like, say, why would I? Like pretty much like funny thing like yeah funny, like like I am African American man like why I honestly don't you can't you can't tell me there is a single Af- and not to even make this about race or anything or just to start preaching but it's like I just it's really just two different worlds and I'm really starting to notice that uh, so uh, it gets to the it's gotten to the point like I just thought it's like now I can't even really blame people because it's like so. It's really just like so much. It's like so much ignorance because they. It's like they've gotten immune to it, and I hate to be the guy to to do it, but it just has to be said. I don't like again. I'm not trying to preach to nobody, but that that question was like, "Are you not?" He asked me, "Are you not patriotic?" Like, and he's not blind to the social injustice and inequalities that Black people face. Because when I said it, because when I said no, he was like, "Why?" He was like. Is because of the racism and stuff. It was like, like, and then he was, and then he said, "I understand that." So I was like, "That's a little bit of it, buddy." So you're, hey, at least you're not completely ignorant to it. Like some other people, like, so um, because I see, I seen an interview. I think it was a little TikTok interview. It was like, um, it was a group. It was a roundhouse discussion of white, of white women, um, middle-aged white women, pretty much. I hope I, yeah, and um. The question was asked: Is there still racism in America? And I've kind of touched this um, a little bit, and I'm not really trying to like touch on it again. But it's just like, bro. After a while, it's just like, bro. Something has to be said. I have to go on the record again because shit's really pissing me off. But not really pissing me off, like, but like you, people really expect us as when I say us African Americans. Well, I don't think people, but. He he really thought I would be patriotic just because I feel like he thought I'd be patriotic just because I were just because I'm in the army army reserves and I I, I even went on uh, kind of went on because this like some a lot of things like I will just think about and I don't say but it's just like eats at me later I'm just like why didn't I say this like well any type of discussion I'm like man I could have really could have really killed him with this one if if I remember to just say this but I didn't and it just comes back to me later and so I went on like a on Twitter, just like just to set the record straight, because I'm pretty sure I said something like this before, the same type of sentiment. Like just because I'm in the army doesn't mean in no way that I'm a patriot or in joined for any kind of representing my country bullshit. Because why the f- I joined the army for benefits to help pay for school, and that was strictly it. I never thought of being in the army or something. The crazy thing is, my dad served, and he doesn't really brag about it. My brother serves, he. He's active duty, so he, my dad was active duty too. He was in Korea or Nam in the '60s or whatever. But anyway, so anyway, so like, um, so I was just pretty much setting the record straight. I joined strictly for benefits and help paying for school. That's it. That's all. That's ain't no patriot, ain't no patriotism anyway. And he was. Just, I feel like it's just like he was just like why, but he kind of like I said he was. He's not completely blind to the injustices, injustices that African Americans face, but he also is just like I feel like so many people just either they don't know, like they're just so blind to it that they're just so immune. Cause like oh man, I could go onto a I could go onto a huge soapbox like a I could go I could get to preaching for real like because it really just it's really getting to the point where it's just making me mad. It's like when people don't see these injustices, I'm 
because I really, I feel like I see I see it all. It is all connected because man, y'all finna make me <laughs> y'all finna make me preach, man. Let me let me take a look at my notes. Mom, well, shit, 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 shit. Oh yeah, the definition of patriotism. I looked it up. It was devotion and vigorous support for one's country. And in no way, shape, or form is that me in any way, because um, I know the history. Like, a lot of people, I feel like I was, I was being where I was raised, and I'm, I'm honestly blessed to have the type of education I have, because I, I know, I know, I know the things that's not, like, maybe everybody doesn't have the privilege, didn't have the privilege to learn because of where they grew up and how they was raised, because, man, let me tell you, what you learn in school and how you learn, how they teach it, it, it affects, it affects like how you think about, I feel like that affects how people think about life and stuff. So like, I, I know the history of black people and all the, I know, man, that's what really makes me mad because if, if, if you was to really know the history and the pain that African-Americans have gone through, you would not ask me if I'm a patriot, if I have any form of patriotism. It's really, but it was really kind of what it boils down to. And it really, I, that was just something I really just like thought about the past few days. It really just, like, really just pissed me off. Cause I ain't no fucking patriot. The farthest thing from a patriot. I don't even think Americans are patriots because it was crazy. And like in the army or any kind of, any kind of, um, military active duty branch, army reserves, air force, not, uh, air force, marines, coast guard, national guard, whatever. Bro, there I, you can. There may be like a, a small one percent, maybe one to three percent of people who join just because of patriotism. Some people do it because their parents did it. I didn't do it because my parents did it. I did it because I needed money for college. And um, some people, I feel like no, there is no one who nowadays they they join for the for the money. They join for the money that they can get the signing bonuses, especially if it's a, um, a highly profile military job or some other kind of benefit that they get that. That's why they join. There is no patriotism, in my opinion, nowadays. And if there is, it's very small. And it's a very, it's a very small percent. And I feel like that percent is, again, not to be that guy, is um, Caucasian, from the Caucasian males. And Caucasian females. Because going back to the, um, going back to the, um, like I said, brought up that discussion, it was like, they, um, they asked, the middle-aged, it was middle-aged white women, if racism, pretty much if racism still exists, and they pretty much all said yes, but no, in a way, it's like, yes, but, like, they, a lot of people don't realize, like, the privileges they get, they have, like, from now, is, was built off the backs of African-American people, when they built this country brick by brick, a country that was taken from the indigenous people, Native Americans, that, so really, uh, man, I'm man, I'm in, make me go teach mode because America, white people caught conquered this land that was indigenous land to Native Americans, forced them off their land, put them on a small portion of land, put them on a small portion of land, captured some African Americans, drug them on a ship, drug them over, drung, brung them from Africa to America, forced them every single bro. <sighs> It really gets kind of tiring. Just it's like a lot. It's how I'll be like, how do people not see this? But again, it's like you can't. I can't even really blame them because this is what they grew up around. It's their surroundings. It's like when you, how you, how you, your, 
how where you grew up, especially in like your high school years, it just plays such your surroundings. It plays a such a, a pivotal a pivotal factor in like how you see the world, et cetera, et cetera. So like, I feel like not a lot of people see the world the way I do because me being from Houston, I live. I feel like I just have. I'm, I feel like I just be a lot of time. I'm just a different type of breed. I like not even on all um cocky shit, but I just be like, bro, are y'all really like this? Is this you can't really be thinking like this. Because like I said, he was asked he asked me why am I I would I would argue that people who um people in the Middle East, I feel like like in the whole war that what America is in, and I don't know too much about it, but I feel like people I don't even want to disrespect their, their religion. I feel like people who are like in like you see in the news, people like the war in the Middle East against Muslim people primarily. I feel like Muslim people in general are like more patriotic because by definition is devotion and vigorous support for one's country. By definition, that is of patriotism. And you have Muslim people who are so devoted for a cause that they will really sacrifice their lives by wearing a suicide vest. And I'm not saying this is always, but this is from what you see in the, from the war happening in the Middle East and my knowledge of seeing that and like being in the army and, being prepared to seeing that my brother's telling my brother telling me about the time she went to Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff. So like there, the media paints a picture for what you think. And I would argue damn near, but I will, I will definitely say, um, uh, cause a lot of middle, middle Eastern people, um, not to g generalize a stereotype, but I feel like a lot of, a lot of people in like Afghanistan, Iraq, um, that type of area of the world, I don't know exactly where that is, but I feel like they are Muslim and they, they will they will be so uh, devote to their God Allah. Um, if I'm, I hope I'm getting this all my information correctly, I'm just going off just like what I think I know. But I I feel like they they are more patriotic because if you're willing to kill yourself in the most dishumane way possible, pretty much just yeah. Anyway, I don't even need to. If you're willing to give yourself, I, I you can't tell me there's a single American person. In in the military, in any any branch, who who was so devote to so patriotic, they will give up their life willingly, wearing willingly and um, just to for for their cause because they believe it so heavily. You can't tell me that, and I refuse to believe it. Another thing is like me, oh man, I hmm, growing up like I I remember since Trayvon, man, and a lot of and a lot of people don't realize this, but like bro. A lot of people don't realize who Trayvon Martin is. So it's like, like I said, when when they was asked, why are you not patriotic? I was like, bro, I can give you a whole lot of reasons why I'm not patriotic. Because why the fuck would I be? Why why, why would I be patriotic when I know, like when I see the history that's happened countless, <coughs> countless times in America for black people? Like, bro, I, I, I don't know if people don't, um, people don't see this the way, like I get, I don't know if people don't see this the way that I do, but pretty much. How I how I see this, well, black people were brought to this country to build the country up brick by brick, and as soon as we did, we we are treated, bro. Black people are treated in whole, and you always see this. That's why it's all these social justice issues because like black people in general are just tired of tired of feeling like this, like we don't we don't matter, like like we didn't build this fucking country brick by brick. If we like the cotton you see, like people are still the the pillows and stuff, the clothes you wear, the pillow you sleep on. All that shit, that's cotton probably coming from, well, when slaves was picking cotton, 
not man, not even to even go bring it all the way back there, but it's just like people don't see this, but I feel like I do. And it's like, bro, when I was um, and then you just treat like, cause I I just be seeing it like and how in the neighborhoods and both being like Little Rock, being a Little Rock and driving around the different parts of Little Rock, you can tell the parts of town that has money and the parts of town that's like the work not the not as nice parts of town too, not the good businesses, but nothing there is pretty much just a dead town. And man, like I got family in New York, and I just be, and I just and, um, and it's really just like I I don't know if y'all put this leap together, but it's like projects. There are projects in every major city, like Chicago, New York, Houston. There, bro. I go down the down the street from where I grew up. Most of the time, I grew up uh, down the street from U of H. There's called the CUNY Homes, which is government projects. Pretty much, just like that is projects is where some there are so many black people that the the government needs a place to put them all. Pretty much, so they can have, a, and then the worst part of town is like, oh my god, bro. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot, but <laughs> it just goes. Mm. I don't know where I'm going with this, but like that question really just, why am I not a patriot? It's just so many. It's so many different examples, and I just gave up one of the things. One of the things, and um, like like I said, when I remember when Trayvon Martin died and everything, everything that happened with the George Zimmerman trial. I was like in high school or something. And my mom was, I was still naive at then. My mom would really put me on game. It was like, the country we live in, we don't live in a country that loves us. And when she said that, as black people in general, because I don't know if, pe if people are not too hip with the George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin case, but let me give you all, um, a little background information. So he was a high school kid, just a kid, man. And he was going to the, going to the gas station. He was wearing a hoodie. Wearing a hoodie in Florida, going to the gas station, got some ice, iced tea and Skittles, going to the corner store, he minding his own business. Then a guy named George Zimmerman, who has his preconceived notion of what he think all black people are, and just so much, bro, so much ignorance and so much racism. And it's really just gotten to the point. I just get every single, every time I hear something like this, I just get pissed. And, and so, like, I would never be a, I would never, ever, ever be a patriot in America. And I, I dog shit America so many times and I will continue to until there is some change, which they ain't going to be changed. And I can only hope for change for my future generations. Hopefully the, what I'm doing with my life and the money I'm having set aside for my future kids, that's already put away. It's just going to give them a better life than I had because that's the only thing I can hope for. And that's, that's really just what, what, what it boils down to. It's like, we are living in two different Americas. There is a there is a reality where oh the land of the free home of the brave get a nine to five that's that that reality um you can pursue your dreams that that reality exists for white people and white people only mostly white men it doesn't exist for everybody it doesn't exist for you gotta work just you gotta work twice as hard and you get less less than you get no error you get no margin for error. And it's really frustrating to, like, it's really frustrating that more people don't realize this. But, like I say, man, you got to charge it to the game. Because a lot of the, another thing, a lot of people don't, like, I think people do realize, like, America is so rooted in hate. It's, it's so, that's, it's what it's built on. It is what, it, it is what thrives. And it's hate and greed. And, like, bro, the same, and by the way, if you didn't know this, the co when he, when when George Zimmerman called the police on Trayvon Martin, the person who was going to the store to get some candy and stuff, 
the police told him to not advance him, to fall back pretty much. But he pretty much took it into his hands. He took it into his hands to take a life. I think he was 16 years old, bro. A grown-ass man. And the same grown man, the same grown man who was who was found not guilty. How are you found not guilty of killing someone? There is, there, there was leaked the um, police audio. The, the phone, the phone call was was released. Everybody heard the phone call. Everybody heard the cops say, "Fall back, they're gonna investigate it." But he took it into his hands to take the life of a unarmed black kid just because he was wearing a hoodie and because he's black. Pretty much is what it boils down to. And that same person, he was found not guilty. And years later, I find out that the weapon, the weapon that was used to kill Trayvon Martin was sold for, I don't know how much it was sold for at auction, but imagine that. Imagine that. America. Kill a person, face no consequences, sell the gun you used, and make a fucking billion, a whole lot of money. What kind of shit is that? Why the fuck would I ever be a patient for some shit like that? I don't think people really brought it. Mm, shit really pisses me. I was, bro. I was so excited to make this episode. I was just laying in bed at night because I couldn't sleep. I was just kept on adding shit, and I was just like, "Why?" Like going back to the question, why would I ever be a patriot in a country that doesn't love black people? And it's so clear, so obvious, and it's only obvious for African Americans because, again, we're living in minorities. I'm not even gonna say just African Americans, but minorities. So many ty different type of stereotypes. And again, I'm not even trying to be on no preaching shit or nothing like that. But there's um, oh, there's an album of artist from a, who's who is from Little Rock himself, Little Rock, Arkansas. His name is K. Ray. He has um, look at the name of the album. But he has an album. His 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 one and only album, which um, I first heard from uh by the behind the music interview. But anyway, check out. It's called uh shit. It is called The More You Know. Came out in 2020. And he has a song called 4 a.m. Um, Susie Carmichael. It's a two-part two-part song. And at the end of the song, um, he pretty much says, America is a third-world country with makeup on. And that that shit resonated so much with me because, like, yes. He see, like, people think America is just this big, great. And it is. For us, America is just not terrible, terrible. It has some good things, but... Again, a lot of this, a lot of the things that you they preach about America's is it's two different worlds. Not everybody has the same privileges, and the more the the lighter your skin, the more privileges you get. Pretty much is how it goes. That's simple and easy for you, and um, and so yeah, and I've um I remember hearing this song back in twenty twenty. I was just like, it was it was it was a very great album, like no skips at all, nice solid twelve. 12 album, um, 12 song album. Uh, again, the more you know about K Ray, check it out. Um, just let me know what you think. But yeah, and I was, it, and, then, and then it's just like so, so many different type of instances. It's like why, why? And then it's like, and it's and it's so much like not. Um, I give you so many different type of instances, but I'm only give you a few. I don't know um how familiar 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 y'all are with um the Black Panther Party and I remember seeing the movie about it. I like growing up I knew about the Black Panther Party because um uh, pretty much the area like where I where where I was spent a lot of my I was born like as a kid there and I spent spent a lot of my early years there and a lot of my high school years there. Like there I was like we are pretty much we wasn't 
it's hard to explain, um, but unless you unless you just like see for yourself, pretty much like the area I game, the way I the way I have how I got my name, the type of church I grew up in, et cetera, et cetera. But that doesn't matter. But um, like a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't even realize like how fucked up America is. Like I could take tell you about CIA Cointel Pro, but y'all some of y'all I don't think a lot of people know. But Fred Hampton, he was he was um uh, leader a leader in the revolution. He did so much good, but man, let me I'll tell you, Fred Hampton, the Tulsa massacre. Like we we as black people do we even would give it nothing. We turn nothing into something. And every single time Every single time we start to make any kind of progression or something, like they do something to get rid of it. Um, the Tulsa Massacre, when it was, which is, if you don't know much about the Tulsa Massacre, pretty much just um, we turned a, part, a portion of downtown Tulsa into like our own thriving Black Wall. It was pretty much the Black Wall Street. Look it up, do your research. I, I, I highly advise. And then Tulsa Massacre happens because. White people can't can't stand the fact. Well, I'm not gonna. Pretty much, a uh, few. Uh, yeah, white people really. Fuck it. White people couldn't stand the fact that we was turning nothing into something and had a thriving city. Had a whole thriving city. You still got people who survived from that who are still out to this day. Who survived that, and we ain't getting nothing. And um, and it goes back to reparate. Like, oh, it'll be a it'll be a cold day in hell before I ever become a patriot for this country, but. Some of the stuff, like, reparations would be a, a big first step. And like I said, going back to the Tulsa, so many things, like, bro, just do your, re do your research on the Tulsa, look up Tulsa Massacre if you never heard of it. I think it's like the 1912. They even had a show, um, The Watchmen, based off it. So, well, not based off it, but it's like, incorporated that a little bit. So it's like, it just, history just tells you, if history has taught you anything, why, like, why is black people, why would I, why would you expect a black person to be patriotic to a country? Why would you expect a black person to be patriotic in America? Pretty much is what I'm getting at. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Fred Hampton Jr., um, like I was going back to COINTELPRO, and um, he was pretty much revolutionary for the Black Panther Party, which is an organization created by black people to help pretty much the, we were, again, making nothing into something. The very little that we was given, they, Black Panther program, the Black Panther Party started so many initiatives like free lunch, providing free lunch for kids to go in school, after school programs, pretty much learning, pretty much protecting ourselves. We ain't nobody gonna look out for us but us. Pretty much is what we had to do because so many type of inequalities. And all you gotta do is look at history. History will tell you. And and then he was he was twenty twenty one. And the CIA decided to kill him because they thought he was too he was too much of a problem. They did the same thing with Martin Luther King. They did the same thing with Malcolm X. Rodney King, if you don't know what happened with the history of Rodney King in L.A., beat up by, bro, he was fucking gang jumped by a whole lot of cops and found it and found not guilty. And that was, this was the era of N.W.A. And when that happened, the, the riots in L.A., bro, like, history, bro. Look, look at history and honestly ask yourself, why would anyone who is not of the Caucasian descent be a patriot in this country? There is no, there is no answer. So, and this is just like, 
I know it's like it's not gonna I'm not gonna see the change I want to see in my life type of lifetime. So like I said, it didn't this is hoping for better you can only hope for better generations for your kids and if um our ancestors could see where we're at now, I think they'll be honestly think they'll be pretty there is a lot of work to be done, but I can see there is starting slowly slowly but surely change is coming. It's a lot change would be it's a long process. But um yeah, so I can honestly just I can honestly just hope for really <laughs> just for better for my better for the kids I have and the kids that they have that they just be set up and I, I can do what best I can and to give them the knowledge that I have of money and handling money because pretty you can't tell me otherwise the best especially in a country like America the best thing you can have is money land property the land that you get it was you, you can you can do whatever on your land it's your land they can't kick you off it if you have a have a house and you, but it's yours you have that deed to that land so and i really don't a lot of another thing i really don't think a lot of people realize like the land that they was passed down well people who have land some of it i'm pretty sure is um was purchased um lawfully and agreeing to both sides without kicking people off their land that they was that they had before y'all pretty much kicked, came and took it from them. Like a lot, I think a lot of that land, especially people who have like family farms and stuff, I, back in my head, I'd be thinking like, yeah, y'all know, I probably didn't get that for y'all generations past, probably didn't get that in the best of terms. So it's probably even not even really y'all's land and y'all still making money off it. It's like people don't realize because money rules, capitalism rules everything, especially in America. It's always about money. And I've I've been realized that I've been seeing that and uh, everything, uh, man. Bro, how much how much time do you have? I can, I can, if like, cause I can, cause I can. You don't have to agree to the same type of things I do, but like, I can see different perspectives and points of view. But I'm pretty sure I can. Anybody who like doesn't agree with anything I'm saying, I could dead that shit with facts. I can guarantee I can do that because I'm just like, really just tired of this shit. <laughs> really just tired of it. But hey, what do I know? Well, who am I? I'm just a nobody. Uh, not really though. I'm the fucking goat. The fuck you mean? I am him. Himothy. Him, him, him. Him, him, himmy Turner. Fuck you mean? <laughs> Dude, that's my alt ego right there. I don't know. I don't know what just happened. But hey. <laughs> Again, I want to thank y'all. For tuning in to this two uh, go talk podcast, uh, uh, let me know what you think. Um, you can follow me at Chico underscore the goat. Um, uh, I have to make a new Instagram account, which is uh, very annoying in itself because I think the other one got hacked somehow, some way from because it was connected to my Facebook. So boom, I gotta make a new that, which I might do one of these days. But yeah, let me know what you think of the show. Um, anything you might have disagreed? Again, I'll, I'm open to open to um any type of open discussion because I was, it's only me here today so it's like no one really to like bounce what i'm thinking off of to see like how, if they think if they're on the same type of time that i am but yeah man it's just like it's something i feel like i just had to get off my chest it's just eating at me and i just like i just had i just had to get on record and and say my say um i hope i, I hope you learned something i hope whatever you're going through um uh, just whatever, man. Don't let life keep you down. Life was keeping me down for a minute. Then I had to realize who the fuck I was. 
as I just want, I want you to do the same thing. Whatever, whatever you're going through, whatever, if you think life's not treating you right, bro, it's the beginning of 2023. We got 360, 363 days. You got 363 days to change. No, you got 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. You got 24 hours to change your life in some type of way. And that's, that's how I'm looking at it as I hope you do the same. I wish you nothing but blessings on blessings on blessings mentally um financially spiritually emotionally however you are um i just wish you nothing but the best wish you nothing but love uh because again man that's uh that's that's all i man I just, just need more love in this world man that's another thing just need more love and more understanding more understanding from different perspectives which uh, is severely lacking from my experiences in life in my 26 years on this earth but um <laughs> let me know let me man let me go and let y'all have i'm glad y'all tuned in y'all have a great rest of y'all day it's all love from the go talk podcast check us out let me know what you think again um any kind of episode you want any kind of topics you want me to address let me know peace and we out you're listening to the go talk podcast, podcast. podcast. podcast.